Updates on the Steve Clifford luncheon from yesterday. He spoke on Kai Jones, even Cody Martin. We'll get to some of those updates and then discuss a little bit of what we left out in yesterday's position preview. All today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. As always, we're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, Jace Medical. That's Doug Branson being a little scary, to be honest with you. You should still read his work on a Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. I'm a little less scary. You can listen to me on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. You're mad at the lack of updates, aren't you? I'm seething. I'm not mad. I'm seething. And listen, uh, I, we haven't had basketball in a long time, and, and it's been the silly season, I think, longer than we've ever, ever had a silly season before. So I am a I am a beggar, and I should not be choosy. I am a man starving in the desert um, and and needing a, a drink. And I got a few drops from this luncheon, but I need more. I am gonna be choosy. I need a I needed a whole drink, and I got a few drops of water. These updates not enough. Uh, there's some interesting things to talk about for sure, and we're gonna get into them today and tomorrow and Friday. We're gonna spread out the love. But I, I needed a little bit more, honestly. Um, I am, I'm discuss- You were missed. You were not at this luncheon. I feel like if you were at this luncheon, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the food was just that good that they, that they just forgot <laughs> to ask any basketball-related questions, forgot to ask any LaMelo-related questions, or, or at least uh, not report any of that stuff. Uh, but it's, it's just absurd. Uh, and you were well, missed. I've That's all I'm most- saying. No, I, I, I got you. And I have the most important information for you. They did go to Rooster's Wood-Fired Kitchen in Uptown Charlotte. So Shout shout out to Rooster's. I mean, the food must be amazing because nobody was doing their job. Yeah, this is what I reported on, I believe, last year at the luncheon, and people were appreciative of the food. I do not have an update on how the food was, but it should have been pretty good, as you mentioned. And we can get to a couple of updates that was provided by Steve Reed, Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer columnist, also provided a couple of updates. And uh, Rod Boone has an article on the Charlotte Observer. The, The big takeaway here, there's a couple, but the big one, it's all about Kai Jones. So... Do we play the music if it's not necessarily the bit? Well, listen, I went to the trouble of making the music. Okay. So, yes, we okay. play the music. I'm going to need a second to get my little machine uh, hooked up. Okay, Doug wants to play the music. Very good. It's not the bit. It's not necessarily just an update based off what he's done via social media. We actually have information from Steve Clifford on Kai Jones. And so with that, I think we have the intro ready to go. Tell me, Kai, People are raving about that, by the way. People love uh, the music. Got some great comments. Got some tweets about it. People love it. It's going to win a Grammy, okay. just like Kai Jones' new album. Going to win a Grammy. Who, who first? Yes. A couple of rising stars in Charlotte. We're gonna be competing. I think we're going to be competing 1v1 for the Grammy. 
<laughs> uh, your dance moves and Kai Jones' dance moves too. It'll come down between. I'm telling you, we're, we're kindred spirits. We're, we are. We're two souls locked together. Harmony. Are you drawing on your house yet? Like Kai uh, Jones no. is. You, you've seen him dr- drawing on his house, right? When he does his music videos, there are purple teal hearts. What? What? I don't know if it's a good thing for the Hornets, but he seems to be embracing the teal and purple when he's going, you know, with whatever he's going with on social media. So. He bought in. He bought in completely when he came here. He bought in completely. Now I know I'm not drawing on my house. Um, I'm I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, listen. I don't know if you've seen the housing market these days. It's rough out there right now. So I'm not going to do anything that's going to damage the house, the value of the house. Uh, But I appreciate Kai with the creativity. Okay, what you got for us here? So we oh we have the update. I'll I'll roll this one. You played the intro. I'll give you the update because. Steve Clifford, it's the number one question I wanted to ask, too. At least we got this one. We wanted to know, hey, what's the deal with Kai Jones? Is there anything that's going to come from all of the social media behavior? And Steve Reed tweeted out, Steve uh, Steve Clifford said the team isn't going to comment on Kai Jones' situation. There has been some bizarre behavior on social media, and it is a matter that is being handled internally. He did say that Jones has not been participating in voluntary team workouts. There is clearly some concern there. It's unclear right now if the former first-round pick will participate in training camp. I ask you your thoughts first, Doug, on that tweet and the fact that Kai Jones is not participating in voluntary, important here, voluntary team workouts. Well, I called it. I didn't think Steve Clifford would comment. Uh, Not because I think he's being forced not to comment, but because I legitimately don't think that Steve Clifford cares about what players do or don't do off the court. I really feel like he's like old school coach guy and that it's like there are other people that are going to handle that. My job is to coach whatever players are available to me. That's who I'm going to coach and I don't want to get involved. That's why he's not, you know, like his buddy Stan Van Gundy, you know, and, and some other guys have wanted to be GM front office and coach. He's never had an interest in that as far as I, as far as I know, um, well, until and, it came to drafting Donovan Mitchell over Malik Monk, like it, well, he would it's have loved convenient. that opportunity. It, only when he wants to be that, which is the same for every coach. It's not a knock on Steve Clifford. He doesn't want to be the GM until he wants to be the GM. That's just but, how it is. But we did find out that it is something on the radar of the of the organization, and they handled according to Steve Reed handled as the past tense. So whatever happened, you know, Kai Jones pulled the post down. So maybe that's what is meant by handled. They contacted Kai. They said, hey, can you, this is becoming a distraction. Can you pull that down? But the open question is, what is the relationship of the team and Kai Jones moving forward? He hasn't been to these uh, voluntary things. I don't know how unusual that is. You would love it if your young players showed up to that, especially guys that don't have a rotation spot locked, especially guys that only scored three points per game last season. I mean, you'd love to see those guys buy into whatever the team wants to to do in terms of workouts. But a lot of guys in the NBA just work out on their own until they have to come in for training camp. I, mean, I, don't, I just don't know how unusual that is. But if he doesn't show up for training camp, that would be mm-hmm. highly unusual. That would be highly unusual. And Scott and Fowler echoed the echoed the same thing on Twitter. Just He said, quote, from what I understand, Jones hasn't been participating in the optional team drills. It's undetermined if he will be there when practice starts next week. So just a couple of things with Kai. One, this has been on the team's radar ever since it began, before we even started talking. Because remember, Doug, the behavior started to go differently on social media with Kai before the actual video came about of him sweating, dancing, 
you know, mm-hmm. saying how the Hornets aren't going to trade him. The video is what really kicked all of this off for us. And then yeah. he called out Nick Richards. Then he called out Mark Williams in right. response to some, you know, fans on his page, whether it be Instagram Live, just posting on his Instagram page, whatever it be. Mm-hmm. But this has been on the team's radar even before we started talking about it. From what I understand, I also think Kyle Jones, at least at the beginning, had been participating in team drills, had been in the building. Mm. And so I don't know how recent of a development this is, but that was beginning September. And so now we're, he's not there, according to Scott Fowler and Steve Reed and anybody else at that luncheon. That's not good. So it's disappointing. It, it seems like this is actually picking up some momentum to the point where I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does not participate in training camp and isn't a part of the team once preseason rolls around it it continues it's every day doug it's it's my timeline is travis kelsey and taylor swift information and kai jones putting out a music video a rap video and a bunch of emojis on the other tweets that's what i see on my twitter timeline yeah and the weird thing about this is that if he gets traded or if he is released or whatever if this comes to a, a sour ending it's not really going to have a, a a large effect on the basketball product next season there would be suddenly some depth concerns i mean there are already depth concerns at the center position but those would be exacerbated they would probably have to look elsewhere for a reserve center option uh, but i mean it's not going to have like a large meteoric type of basketball impact Uh, But I think it does have an effect on how you view the front office in terms of their ability to evaluate talent and and specifically that particular draft where they gave up that one. They they gave up assets to acquire Kai Jones and you have James Booknight, his fellow first round pick, who also has had um, some issues off the court. So my question, and I think a question that a lot of people have, is how much of these situations with Book Knight and Bridges and uh, now Kai Jones, how much of that do you put on the front office that drafted them, the draft evaluators? <sighs> this one's tough because Miles Bridges won a media award the year before he got suspended for felony domestic violence. Not even suspended. I, I guess he got suspended these 30 games, but missed the whole season. <laughs> so Miles Bridges was thought of highly as a high character locker room guy. Just what he was before this happened with James Booknight and Kai Jones. James Booknight, I believe, had some eyebrow raising things go on at UConn. And with Kai Jones, there was nothing of that nature. But the thing about Kai is, okay, we all knew that he was immature, has such a negative connotation to it. But he seemed like a fun loving kid, you know, that was, you know, really goofy and silly and. Uh, you know, just everybody's spirit animal in some way. People uh-huh. loved Kai Jones when he grabbed the microphone. Uh-huh. And I don't know if, you know, it's certainly not what PJ Washington is doing or LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier. The attitudes, the personalities are very different from Kai compared to the other team. The only thing I'd say about evaluating Kai Jones and his personality is the fact that the Hornets brought him in twice. Remember, there was mm-hmm. clear interest there. They might have drafted him in that James Booknight spot had Booknight not been available. That might have happened, and they loved him so much, they traded back up into the first round to go get Kai because they loved everything he could do on the basketball uh, basketball court and what he could become. But they did meet with him twice, and there wasn't still... It's, you still can't pick up on anything. With James Booknight, 
you know, that's one you took a chance on and you missed out. So that one, I think you can put more on the front office. The fact that you traded up for Kai, you can put on the front office because they invested more because they got rid of a draft pick. And I've mentioned it a million times. Once you got rid of that draft pick, yes, it was heavily protected, which people loved, but that meant you couldn't use it in an in-season trade to help boost a roster alongside LaMelo. So that really hurt them without being able to, because you didn't control the pick. And so because of that, we can, we can, you know, put an X on the front office on what they did a couple of years ago. But as far as not being able to tell that this, that this personality was going to come about, I, you know, blame the front office, excuse me, blame the front office if you want to, but that would have happened with a lot of other front offices that would have selected whoever I, I just, that, that one's a little tougher for me. Okay. I've got thoughts, but I need, I need some breathing room. I don't want to be up against this, uh, this, uh, quick uh, message that you have. So let's, let's get to my thoughts on the other side. All right. Let's go to the quick message you mentioned of coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll get to Doug's thoughts. We'll get to all of Doug's thoughts on Kai Jones, whether we can really criticize the front office, but not before we talk about Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case, and the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication and an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand, and Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. All right, so here we are talking about whether it's on the front office, you know, and whether they could figure out what would happen with Kai Jones, James Booknight, Miles Bridges. Doug, what do you think? I think fundamentally you're right that it's very difficult to try to figure out the character of an individual, what's going on upstairs, what's going on in their heart, how dedicated are they to the game of basketball. The smartest people in terms of draft evaluation, your Prestes, your Rosas, uh, your Morris, they'll go to these like stats conferences and, and every single one of them will tell you that the psychology piece, they, they don't have it figured out. They can tell you if someone's college stats were actually meaningful or if they were a result of some of the context around the game. But they just, you, you can get a guy, you can look a guy in the eye and get him in an interview room multiple times and they seem okay. They seem great. And you could ask their family and their friends and you can ask, you could even find their enemies. And you just, it's so difficult to put a portfolio together of someone, a psychological profile, and say 100% definitively they are going to be, you know, an upstanding citizen and dedicated solely to the game of basketball and not get distracted. Also, people change. You, yeah, you could get a exactly. great read on a person and they'll, they be a great person and a dedicated person. And then something happens in their life, a death in the family, a change in relationship, uh, or just something weird happens. And, 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 and it totally changes the trajectory of their life and thus affects the game of basketball. I mean, I don't blame the draft evaluators who drafted Ja Morant for everything that happened with Ja. So, you know, I, I think it's very difficult to blame them, but I am going to blame them. <laughs> okay. No, I'm glad you're persevering through how difficult it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to blame this front office in particular, and here's why. Because their strategy, ever since they've come in, 
is to bet the entire farm, all the pigs, all the cows, all the chickens, they bet the entire farm on drafting young players, developing those young players, and then making a good team out of that. And when you do that, you take on an enormous amount of risk. You have to hit way more than you miss because the misses, especially if you trade up in a draft like you did for Guy Jones, the misses are going to be so devastating that you have to hit way more than you miss. And because you're not using any of the other tools, you're not using free agency, you're not using uh, trades to make your team better, if you're solely going to focus on the draft and bringing young players, you have to understand the risk there is that they're young, that they are 18, 19, 20 years old, and that their whole personality and focus can completely change year to year. And you just don't know if you're getting somebody who's going to, in four or five years, super lock in and make all the right decisions and become a star in this league. So when you put all your eggs in that basket, you have to live with that. Your record is your record. Oh, there you go. Oh, God. I love ending with a good Bill Parcells quote. <laughs> yes. You, you we did have a little disagree, a little agree on the front end with you, but then yep. disagree with you. Listen, if I have the argument that I want to have, I always win. Mm-hmm. Well, and you ended up having the argument of whether it was a smart decision to go all in on the draft at the beginning, because if you wanted to question the front office for that decision alone, then I 100% agree that you can be critical of. But are we going to be critical of the front office for not being able to have to have seen this behavior coming from Kai Jones, Miles Bridges, James Booknight? That's where I think that's going to be tough. You could say, well, they should not have made that decision in the first place. And that when I that's the argument that you cre- create that you could win. But to say that it's on them for not being able to see this behavior coming about, that's where it gets tricky, but yeah. understandable either way. And so, yeah, it, it sucks, though, right? Like, you know, it's Kai Jones could always have been a big old miss. I'm not surprised that he's a huge miss at this point. Not surprised at all. But you drafted him because you thought he had all the upside in the world. James Booknight, a lot of people did like because he had a ton of upside not crazy surprised that he missed, but you know, more so than the Kai Jones one. And then what's Miles? That's a roller coaster, right? Because we had a hard time figuring out what Miles was his first two years in the league, maybe first three, makes the big jump, is absolutely in the all star conversation, and then doesn't play for a year and won't play for the first 10 games of this upcoming season. And so that one's been a hell of a roller coaster for this team where you're going to pay him $30 million based off of talent. Yeah. And Mitch Kupchak said as much, and now he's playing on the qualifying offer where he'll be an unrestricted free agent next season. Oh, boy. Well, there, there's Bad a partic- roller coaster. Yeah, there's a particular danger in taking a raw uh, prospect on the court who also, because you're yeah. at that point, you're giving them a lot of money, much more money than they've ever seen most of the time, much more money than they've ever seen in their entire life, much more money than anyone's ever seen in their entire life. You're giving them that. And then you're saying, well, I know it's going to take four or five years for us to really understand what you are. And in that time, that's a lot of time to do all kinds of things and to think all kinds of things and to behave in all sorts of ways. And so there's a particular risk when you take someone that is a raw prospect, especially in the first round, and now they are dealing with that risk. I'll tell you another sort of a bold take, I guess, that this whole situation actually makes me feel better about where the franchise is with Brandon Miller, despite the fact that he comes in with some off the court issues. What do you think about that? It actually makes me feel better. Would you, are you curious? Are you going to tell us about it in the third segment? Are you going to tell us about it now? Why do you feel better about Brandon Miller? 
I feel better about the Brandon Miller situation because they already knew about this heading into the draft. And it actually, if you really do believe that this organization has a problem in terms of draft evaluators doing the work necessary, doing the due diligence necessary to understand who a person is, if you even feel like that's possible, then you have to feel better about the Brandon Miller situation because all of that happened pre-draft, which meant that the Hornets were forced to do a lot of due diligence. They sent a bunch of people down to Alabama to interview all kinds of people. Now, did they interview the right people? Did they get the, the answers that they need? Well, we'll find out. Um, but, you know, I think it has to make you feel a little bit better that this organization had to do the work, had to talk to the people, had to figure this thing out. And hopefully, Brandon Miller, through that process, was scared straight somewhat. Like, hey, I just saw, oops, I almost ended my entire career and opportunity uh, to become a professional basketball player in, in a real way. And so, you know, hopefully that that's all out of the way now and won't become any kind of issue moving forward. Now, look, I hate, I hate to rain on what is a, a zig while other people zag take and that you feel better about Brandon Miller despite <laughs> some of these misses. The problem is I hope the Charlotte Hornets knew about James Booknight's incident his freshman year in college because yeah, that man. is when he was charged by campus police for evading responsibility, interfering with a police officer, traveling too fast for conditions, and operating a motor vehicle without a license after a vehicular incident that occurred on uh by the way, September 27th, 2019, which uh, we are, that is today, hey. by the way. <laughs> wow. Very weird. Yes, it is the four-year anniversary of that. So, well, happy that's anniversary, a, that, James. Yeah, mm. that hurts my argument for sure. <laughs> uh, also, like I've talked to people who are plugged into the draft process during our whole lead up to that big pick that they had to make. And I had mm. a few people whisper in my ear that the Hornets – draft evaluators during that time were a little bit blinded to some of the stuff that was going on with book night, that there were yeah. serious, there were serious whispers about issues, uh, but Which they were whispers. They weren't, they the weren't to like Brandon's was totally, everybody knew about that. I, I feel like, you know, they, they had the opportunity with book night to be like, Nope, not going to pay attention. We like this guy's game with Brandon. <laughs> yeah. You had, because it was, it was, there was so much attention on it. You had to look into it. And so mm -hmm. then I feel like the hopefully the process was a little bit better. Oh, yeah. You, you know, he was involved in a situation and he's six, nine. He shoots 40 percent from three. You know, you know what happened right. in Tuscaloosa, right? Mm, he's got positional size, value, most important skill set. Well, by the way, I can't wait to get into <laughs> that tomorrow. We're going to get into the Brandon update where, where Clifford says he has positional yeah. size. Which position? That's true. That's true. We don't know about that. That's why you're seething. All right, let's go to the next segment. Coming up, follow up next questions. I mean, board. you know, can someone ask a follow up? <laughs> was the steak that good? Was the was was the chicken that good? I mean, yeah, I bet it was. Weeks. All right, all right. Coming up next on the, on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we'll get to Sue. Uh, I guess some thoughts, uh, not on Brandon Miller, but we will be talking a little bit more about. Potential rookies of the year, not named Victor Wimbenyama. Does Brandon Miller show up on that list? We'll get to it in just a moment. Coming up next, Locked on Hornet. Doug, we are exiting silly season and we are entering survey season. Survey right says. The, yep. Right before the regular season, we have a survey out on ESPN 
all the prominent writers on ESPN.com. They ask a bunch of different questions. Who do you think is going to win MVP? Who's going to win a bunch of different awards? And Rookie of the Year is involved somehow. Yeah, point of correction. It, not just uh, – I don't think any reporters were involved in this. They polled 15 scouts, coaches, oh, and executives from across the NBA. So these are the true insiders okay. although i don't know what executive means <laughs> i mean i think executive is one of those weird fluid terms or like uh you know who's who's really an executive i don't know executive ball boy i mean who's really an executive yeah no we, we executive took assistant executive uh, the, the word executive is in it's in the job title we, we took the 15 best floor sweepers in the league and we asked them who do you think <laughs> is going to win mvp rookie of the year and what have you rookie of the year conversation it's not necessarily who do you think will be the best rookie in five years um period you can't say victor women yama because that's the name that everyone is going to say right been 15 so votes to the, yeah it would have been 15 votes to nothing yeah right so who will be the best to, uh who will be the best rookie not named women yama in five years scoot henderson got 11 votes here doug amen thompson got three votes Asar Thompson got one vote, zero votes for anybody else, including Brandon Miller. What do you make of the poll results? Well, listen, I know people that watch the show a lot know that we were big time Scoot Henderson fans and and wanted the Hornets to draft Scoot Henderson. And so you might expect me to uh, just really languish in this and, you know, want, want all my kudos, but I'm not going to because Brandon, they, they drafted Brandon Miller. And so, you know, if you're cheering for the success of this franchise, you got to let that stuff go. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people that watch the show are cheering for this franchise to succeed. And I think this is a good thing. I don't want 11 votes for Brandon Miller. I, it's the same kind of discussion that we had around LaMelo Ball being ranked by Matt Moore of Locked On Nuggets, 81st in the NBA. Great. I love it. Give me all of that. And I hope that Brandon Miller, somebody gets this. I don't We don't do news. <clears throat> excuse me. We don't do newspaper clippings anymore. But, you know, I hope someone gets this into his inbox or his mm -hmm. DMs or whatever, because I want Brandon Miller to see this. I want him to understand that everyone's counting him out, and I want that to be used for motivation. So give me all of this. I don't care what these executives think. Brandon Miller's got to go out there and prove him wrong. And if he doesn't, then, you know, it's just one more mark against this front office. Yeah, you know, and and I'm I'm with you. This doesn't this doesn't bother me as much. You know, that it goes back to the conversation about the Thompson twins having all the athleticism in the world, whether you value that to the point saying they could hit their ceiling more so than Brandon Miller, who doesn't have that level athleticism. Even Scoot, who we were huge fans of, Scoot doesn't have Amen Thompson level athleticism. That guy was the craziest dude as far as that goes in the NBA draft. So because that is also tantalizing because of the passing ability and what those twins can do, they're going to get that nod over Brandon Miller, who just shoots really well, makes smart basketball plays, and there is an incredibly high ceiling there as well with a high floor, where the floor for the Thompson twins are a lot lower. And so that's that's the interesting part. When you talk yeah. about who's going to be the best guy in five years, well, okay, we could ask who's going to be the best prospect. And that's where a lot of people say, all right, you know, if if we play this career out of 100 times, we might get 15 times where Amen Thompson figures it all out and becomes the best point guard in the NBA. But Brandon Miller probably has, you know, what, 70 times out of 100 where he becomes a really good basketball player, even if he doesn't reach his peak. And so that matters when you're trying to figure out what happens at the end of their careers or at the end of their young career. 
Brandon not getting any votes on that matter, though. You want yeah, to move on, or do you have any more Brandon thoughts? Well, yeah, I think as the NBA draft continues to get younger and more raw, there are still two competing philosophies in the NBA. One philosophy says go out there and draft, especially when you're in that top of the lottery, go out there and draft the physical freak, the athletic freak that may have some holes in the game, but you feel like you can bring them, you can fix them, you can bring them into your system and turn them into the all-around versatile superstar player. And then there's another camp that thinks, no, if there's an opportunity to draft someone that may have a little bit more experience and is already showing flashes of that high floor ability of having those multiple aspects of their game that we know just based on the kinds of guys that become stars and superstars, we know that you have to have all of those in place. Why not get ahead of the game a little bit? And so those, we'll see, you know, we, we continue every draft. We evaluate these guys year after year after year. And we, we continue to see, you know, which philosophy is going to win. All right. So I understand that we got some criticism uh, with some players that we left out of our position preview yesterday, Doug. So what happened there when we were going over the shooting guard position, we did not bring up James Booknight or mm -hmm. Amari Bailey. Mm -hmm. And with James Booknight, I think that's we, we should have brought him up in just the sense of acknowledging him, you know. The guy is a first-round pick. James Booknight did see time at the beginning of last season when Steve Clifford gave him a real shot. And Steve Clifford did give James Booknight time when he had to because of all the injuries at the end of last season. And really, I think made, for the most part, did a pretty good job. I, there, he, well, he wasn't perfect at the end, but had some nice moments, I think more on a consistent basis. He was letting it fly from deep. He was hitting a lot of his three-point attempts. But then Summer League happened, Doug, and all of the good graces went away. And so I think that that's why we didn't bring him up. Sure, we should bring him up and acknowledge that we're not bringing him up. <laughs> if that makes sense. But right, like that's the reason that he just was uh, not mentioned in that conversation. But has he earned that acknowledgement? I think that's the question. Uh, we we could have acknowledged him, but I don't think he's earned it at this point. And, and that's, that's on him. He had plenty, as you mentioned, you know, he had an opportunity. Uh, he was healthy over the summer and he had an opportunity to come in and, and make an impact and he failed. And this is multiple failures now and off the court issues, you know, that are all combining into a situation where, you know, the Hornets also have a lot of wing depth. So I just didn't feel like book night at this point. Now, maybe he comes in and just all of a sudden in a very Nick Richards kind of way, like all of a sudden, whoa, you know, he's starting to open eyes in training camp and we get little whispers about, you know, he may be, you know, Cody Martin, it, we, we got a little bit of an injury update there that we'll talk about yeah. later this week. It's not totally clear that Cody Martin's going to be ready to go for the beginning of the season. So there might be little cracks in the door of this wing depth, but there are other players now. There is Amari Bailey, who I think is destined for the swarm early, um, mm -hmm. but, but he has an opportunity. Bryce McGowan's, I think has done enough late in the season uh, for Steve Clifford, I think, to give him uh, plenty of opportunity to crack this rotation. So at this point, unfortunately, I think there's just guys that have gotten out ahead and there are, I think, reputations that have been cooked a little bit. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that I did it on accident. I think maybe, I don't think that I did it on purpose either. I just thought, look, yeah. when you're talking about the shooting guard position for the Charlotte Hornets, I'm not factoring in book night because I don't think the organization is factoring in book night. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to play as much as some of the other guys that we brought up for sure. So, um, and with Amari Bailey, 
Yeah, it, it is interesting, too, because if we bring up Bryce McGowan's like we did, there was enough earned during the regular season to where there's some promise going into a second season. But if we're going to talk about James Booknight's summer league's uh, struggles, McGowan's wasn't great in summer league by any stretch. And so you wonder, does that open up the door for a guy like Nick Smith Jr. and Amari Bailey, two rookies? to possibly sneak in there at some point later in the season. You know, I, I'm with you. I think both of them end up in Greensboro right off the bat. But second half, last quarter, whatever situation the Hornets are in, yeah, those those are going to be interesting names to monitor, especially at the shooting guard spot where my question was, do we know anything? And it's really hard to figure out if we do. Like, I don't, I don't think we do. So um, that position particularly is going to be hard to figure out what's going to happen. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. Go check out Doug and his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Uh, are you going to write some seething comments or are you going to write just about the normal updates and leave your anger, you know, uh, to on on the nightstand, not bring it over? No, I listen. It's all positive vibes at every Hornets box score. Also on the subtext, I I uh, texted out these uh, the the scant updates that we got. I did text those out to the followers as soon as I got them. So if you don't want to spend your entire day like I do, obsessed with the Charlotte Hornets in an unhealthy and a sick way, or if you do and you just (laughs) want to have it all delivered to you conveniently, then join subtext.com forward slash locked on Hornets, become an official member of uh, the Sicko Brigade uh, that is growing every single day. And I love it because people come in and they give me their random Hornets name. And so, you know, we – we're having a lot of fun over there. Join subtext.com forward slash locked on Hornets. All right. So we'll keep you updated on some of the other information, some of the uh, other, I guess, nuggets that we got. There's only a couple. You know, I won't even call them nuggets. It's like, no, this is what we got. I'll tell you what we got. I wish Morsels. we had talked about this early on. I wish you had said nuggets early on because I don't know how many, only the sickest of the sickos are going to hear this right now. I mean, I'll mention it again at the top of the show tomorrow. What we got was not nuggets. It's like when you go to Chick-fil-A and you order the 12 piece nugget, right? And you get 12 nuggets for sure. But there are also these little pieces that came in off the fryer. The little, it's like grizzle. You know, it's not, there's no meat in there. It's just the fry itself that was fried. That's what we got. We got little grit. We didn't get nuggets. We got grizzle. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you updated on all the grizzle that we got from the luncheon. Cody Martin, his injury, you know, continuing throughout this offseason. Not even sure if he'll be ready at the beginning of the regular season. That's scary. And we also got some nice things said about Steve, uh, about Brandon Miller by Steve Clifford. So we'll get to that tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on a Thursday.